So we're on Romans chapter 3 today. We are going to be talking about sin. <laughs> oh, there's a good topic. Um, probably all of us have justified sin, maybe even this week. We've done something that we know that we shouldn't have, and uh, we call that sin, and we justify it. We make reasons why that is okay that we're doing what we're doing, even though we know it's wrong what we're doing. Been there? I know for me, God has really been working on my uh, heart on this because I've justified this sin in my life all too long. I would talk about people in making observations about a situation, but I've realized I've talked about people not always in the most positive light, and I felt justified. I felt um, that it was okay because I thought I was reading the situation well. Right after all, I have the spiritual gift of discernment, therefore I can just really discern what's going on, and then I would, I would talk about people to other people, and it's not always in the positive light. Now, just in case you're concerned, I haven't talked about any one of you. <laughs> I'm looking around. Now, make sure I'm honest, right? <laughs> make sure I'm really telling the truth, because that would be sin, lying. I don't believe I have talked negatively about you. But, um, but, I, but the reason why God's really brought conviction is because I've realized I've justified it by because I've, I've, I've said, well, this situation, it's okay to just talk about a situation, I'm actually not being untruthful in, in saying what I'm saying, but what I realized is in my estimation, in my perspective, all I'm doing is sharing a perspective and then really realizing that I don't have the full picture. And it's actually damaging and it's actually very sinful the way that I was doing that. And so God has really been working on me, but I was, for so many years, I've justified it. Like, I'm just talking about a situation and realizing that it actually was not helpful, and it actually hurt relationships. That's what sin does, by the way. Sin always will hurt you, and it will hurt your relationships. You don't have to think too hard to realize how that has played out in your life, right? Because uh, what I'm talking about today is we all there. Anybody who's not a sinner, you can get up now, and I will give you $1,000. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mr. Gaudet. Thank you, Mr. Gaudet. Now, you could really get technical on that and just say, well, through Jesus' eyes, right? But um, the reality is we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And this is what Paul wants to make uh, this point in, in um, Romans chapter 3. He's really talking about where do we find our righteousness? How do we get right before God? Because we know that sin breaks a relationship with God as well and with others. I'm going to back up into chapter 2 a little bit, because last week we were talking about judgmentalism, and um, how did you do this week on that? Did you, were you a little better? Were you, were you trying to not be judgmental? Thank you. Keep working. You'll get it. 
But what I, what I didn't really, I mentioned it, but I didn't, it's important that I go back here today um, it, because it starts here as we go into this idea of how do we get into right relationship with God? How do we become righteous? In Romans chapter 2, verse 15, it says that they show that the work of the law, remember this is Paul talking to the um, to the Greeks, but he's making a big point. Paul, who's a Jew, he's always making these differentiations between, I love that song that we sang that like get us something like this idea like, God, you're better than even our religion, right? Like we got to break through our, our religiosity sometimes. So we're just going through the motion. Paul's trying to break down these barriers of going through the motion, but he's saying the law in itself, all it does is reveals what's already in our heart, the law being the Old Testament, the, the rules that God initially gave the Jews, God's chosen people. And, and what you're going to find out is the beauty of this story. What Paul writes is that God's just favors is not on the Jews. His, and God's not, his relationship is not just for a chosen people. It's for everybody. And we're considered Gentiles. We're considered non-Jews. But he's saying that the law is written in their hearts, meaning God always looks at not the external, he looks at the internal. And then in verse chapter 2, verse 29, it says, But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. By the Spirit of God. So what, what really sets us apart is the Spirit of God that rests inside of us. So again, the reason he brings up circumcision is because this whole debate of do Gentiles need to be circumcised because that was part of the law, right? That um, the men would be circumcised as a way of showing separation. Today, we can put that in the way of saying, well, does baptism really save us? Because baptism in today is really what circumcision was back then, which is a declaration of our commitment to live for Christ, by the way, we're going to be having baptisms outdoors this summer. We're trying to find the perfect spot. We think we have some, but if you've got some great ideas for a great outdoor baptism, uh, we want to do that. So many people are wanting to be baptized, and if that's in your heart, if you've given your life to Jesus, you haven't been baptized yet in water, we want to provide that opportunity. So here it is. He's, he set up this, this idea of that first has to something take place in our heart. This is not just about doing a bunch of good things. Like we're not made righteous by just following the rules. And then we get into this understanding that, that our righteousness is really nobody is righteous on their own. I'm sorry to break the bad news to you. You aren't quite good enough. None of us are. And that is why we needed a savior, Jesus Christ, who is our, the word that's used, propitiation, um, is really, he, he made the atonement, he made the sacrifice for us to be in right relationship. Okay, so here we go. We're, we're going to read um, Romans chapter um, 21. We're going to read through that section. Before I get there, though, he's, he's in the first part of Romans chapter 3, I just want to sum it up. He's making two points. He's making two points. He says, well, will our works, will we be good enough to save us, to make us righteous? And he's saying, no, your works aren't going to be good enough. Then he says, well, maybe we just keep sinning, and when we sin, 
it shows that our lack of ability to be righteous shows how righteous God is. Yeah, that's a kind of a twisted thought, isn't it? But Paul addresses it because some would think it, and we do it, right? When we justify sometimes, we're like, well, we're, God's grace is sufficient, so therefore we know we're not going to be perfect, so we might as well just give in to it and just know that thankfully for Jesus, we just give in to show how good God is because I'm not good enough to show how good God is. And Paul is making the argument right there, no, you, you don't, the law doesn't save you, you can't be good enough, but he's also saying, don't forget the law, don't just like say, don't try, that, that, but we, there's another point. And so I think sometimes we get into this place of, we, we find ourselves sinning, we find ourselves in compromised situations, and then we look to the wrong places to find the solution. If you get my emails, um, by the way, if you, if you don't get any communication from us, it means that you're not on my email list. I send out usually a weekly newsletter and then I send out a little something Sunday morning. The best way to do that is to go to our app or go to our website. If you go to our website, there'll be a little pop-up box and you just say, I want one of the newsletters and you'll get emails from me. Believe me, it's not spam. I'm trying to make it valuable for you. But if you got today's email this morning, you would say, when we get caught in sin and when we get caught in compromising situations, we, we turn to the wrong things to try to fix it. We either try to self-discipline ourselves, say, I can't do that, so therefore i got to put a lot of self-discipline in my life because I, I went off the rails over here. Or you can just say, you start justifying it and you start saying, well, you know what, I'll just, I'll manage my sin, Right? Have you ever done sin management before? As long as it's not too bad and as long as nobody knows about it, I'll manage it. Doesn't go so well. It always comes out. Sin, by the way, sin always gets found out. Always. So if you're right now in the middle of saying, well, nobody really knows, God knows, first of all. And then second of all, it's, it will come out. So, okay. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Let the word of God speak to our hearts. But now the righteousness of God has manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So here he's already setting the stage for Jesus. Old Testament, the law and prophets have actually foretold and foreshadowed the, um, the uh, coming of Christ. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe for there is no distinction, for all have sinned. Can you say all have sinned? And fall short of the glory of God and are justified or made right by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus. Let's just take a moment and just sit in that thought for a moment. All of us are sinners. All of us have messed up. Maybe you're in a hot mess right now and you're here because you know that we need Jesus who is our Savior. Whom God put forward as, there's that big word, propitiation by his blood. Again, propitiation really means it's, it's the sacrifice that was needed to make us right with God. So Old Testament, it was animal sacrifice. Um, New Testament, Jesus paid the price once and for all. We don't do a sacrificial system. Jesus was our 
He shed his blood for us. So, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith, this was shown, this to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Here's the other foreshadow on that. I love the words of Passover in this, in this idea. Because you remember when, um, before the Israelites were brought into the promised land, they were in captivity in Egypt, and an angel of death came to really judge those who, who were not interested in following God. But they said, for the God followers, they said, take a, a lamb's blood, put it over the doorposts of your door, and the angel of death would pass over their house, and no harm would be um, found in, in their household. And really, that's a great image for us to realize that's what Jesus has done for us. Because we can't earn it, we're not good enough, and um, we can't live righteous enough, but our righteousness is found in Jesus Christ. And this is why for, for some people, I, I, I really, my heart goes out to people who don't know Jesus because without them having an opportunity to know Christ or make a decision to follow him, and, and I believe God's a just God and maybe in their moments of death, you know, passing, they have that moment to acknowledge God. I don't know, but I do know that, that I want people to experience Jesus here and now. Because that's where our hope and that's where our freedom comes in. See, the other thing about sin, though, sin always robs you. Robs you of your freedom. Robs you of your joy. Robs you of your peace. Think back to your last sin in your life. How much peace did you feel? Well, if you keep on going sinning, the Bible says that our conscience gets sealed and then we don't have any much feeling towards it. But if you're here, that means you have a sensitivity to the Lord. For those of you watching online, maybe you don't know the Lord yet. But the, the Bible even says, even without Jesus, though, we still have a conscience that guides us. It says, like the Bible says, we don't have an excuse not to know what's right. Our conscience will always tell us what's right. But we can seal that. We basically can say, I don't really want to follow that. All right. So this is what Jesus done. He has made us right. Oh, I was giving you the example of the Passover, right? So this is what Jesus has done for us. Now back on verse 26. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Again, reaffirming that our righteousness is only found in Christ alone. And without Christ, you know, when we say we're getting you ready to meet Jesus face to face, that's the first thing is giving your life to Jesus. When we say reaching the lost, it means we care that people who do not know Jesus will not have the righteousness of Christ. So when they meet God face to face, when they meet Jesus face to face, without Jesus as the propitiation, without Jesus as his blood who covered our sin, without Jesus who's made us righteous before God, they will be judged differently. And that just burdens my heart to think that people would spend eternity separated from God and hell is determined as this place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, which is, 
is just this dark, dank, awful place. And I wouldn't want that on my worst enemy. Okay, moving on. Then what, verse 27, Romans 3, 27, then what becomes of our boasting? Is it excluded by what kind of law? By what kind of works? No, but what kind of faith? Again, he's now saying to the Jews, they thought it was their works, right? They followed all these laws. To the Gentiles, it was more like, I'm just kind of living life. Is there something I need to be doing here? And the something is, okay, don't forget the law. The law helps us, but it's saying come to a place of faith in Jesus Christ. It is not the God, okay, is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also, which we are considered Gentiles, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Again, making these two Things, Jews and Greeks, it's not circumcision or not circumcision. It is by faith in Jesus Christ. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And I, I want to, I'm going to end here. Well, yes, it's the end of the chapter, but I want to end on this point. I think sometimes when we start justifying sin, we can make statements like, everybody's doing it. We can say, well, that's the culture. And then we can also say, well, if we're saved by faith and God's grace is sufficient, then will I really be judged by my poor actions? Do I really need to uphold God's law? And here it is, Paul saying, he says, do we basically get rid of the law? He says, no. No, we, we need to uphold the law, but it's through faith. And, and this is the best way of doing it, saying it. It's like, if you try to live righteous, live right, and that's just the law, you, you're going to miss the point. This is the point that, that I want you to walk with. If you're taking notes, this is the main point right here. Don't focus on living right Focus on a right relationship with Jesus. Just listen to that. I want you to capture that because if you, if you miss this, you're going to just get confused in all of my talk of sin and righteousness. Yes, Jesus makes us right before God. But if you focus on just trying to live right, the law, the law in itself will never make you right. And you'll never have power in that. The power that you have is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You are struggling with a sin in your life right now. Don't try to manage it. Don't try to discipline yourself away from it. Focus on a relationship with Jesus. As you get closer to Jesus, he begins to change your desires in your heart. Remember, that's why I started by God's looking at your heart. He's, he's actually looking at those inner things. We can put on a pretty good front. We can manage our sin and nobody would know about it. So we think, right? As long as it's hidden, as long as it's not hurting anybody, but it always hurts you. It hurts your relationship with God and Jesus. 
and ultimately it's going to hurt the relationships around you. What sin does, it drives you into isolation. What sin does is it brings condemnation on you. And then it brings this feeling of guilt and shame, which then you want to push away from anything good or godly because you almost feel judged by your own sin. And that's what the enemy will do. But that's what I'm saying. Don't focus on living right. Focus on a right relationship with Jesus. Pour into your relationship with Jesus. Spend time with him. Get into God's word. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life, which is Jesus' spirit alive in you. And then be sensitive to the still small voice of that spirit speaking to you. Say, don't don't go there. Uh, Remember, temptation's not the sin. Temptation's not the sin. By the way, Jesus was tempted. The Bible says Jesus was tempted, but sinned not. Temptation's not the sin. It is when we give in to the temptation that becomes the sin. Now, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The, the idea of perfection is not the goal here. That's why I want to say the goal is a relationship with Jesus because he is the one that makes you righteous. He's the one that will restore your peace. He is the one that will restore your joy. He is the one that will restore relationships. I want to encourage you, stop trying to manage your sin. Stop trying to self-discipline yourself with the, the greatest discipline models. I want to say, focus on your relationship with Jesus. I'm going to close with, with this story. I, you remember the prodigal son? The story of the prodigal son? It's a parable that Jesus gives. It's one son, he just wants an inheritance right then from his dad and really it's very dishonoring talking about on Father's Day, very dishonoring to tell your dad who's still alive I want what's going to be owed to me when you're dead and take it. It's like, you're dead to me dad, right? Very dishonoring. Goes off, lives wild, wastes all of his money. Then he has a realization so he's living very sinful, right? Then he has a realization that um this is no living at all. And he comes back to a father that embraces him, that loves him, that restores him into right relationship. It's always about relationship. The interesting thing that we, we often miss in this story is the older brother. The older brother was the law or the rule follower. And he was ticked that the father treated the other son who went out and wasted his dad's money and lived so sinfully, but yet in many ways, the older brother was not in a good place either because he was trying to live for the law and not for the relationship that he was meant to live in with his father. And I think that's a challenge for us. We can go out there, live sinfully, meaning live on your own accord, however you want to live, and it's going to bring destruction, hurt, and pain in your life. It always does. And yet, God doesn't judge you for that because I don't think God really cares a whole lot about that sin except for what it does to your relationship with Him. 
And he says, come close to me. I want to restore a relationship. But when the older brother was like, I follow the rules, dad. I did everything you told me to do. And the father goes like, you're still not getting the point here. The point is, is I actually just want to be in a relationship with both my sons. And yes, it's important to live right. And yes, it's important to, but, but trying to live right without the right relationship is living wrong. And trying to live wrong without a right relationship is wrong. Jesus desperately wants to be in relationship with you. Our Father in heaven on this Father's Day wants you to be sons and daughters in his loving care. He wants to love you. He doesn't judge you. He, he loves you. He brings, him, brings you close to it. And the way we get close is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what makes us right. Jesus' righteousness, his blood shed on the cross for us, gives us that right relationship with God our Father. We can approach the throne of grace boldly. Actually, I do want to end on that verse. I think I actually wrote that down for us today. It was a thought this morning as I was praying for this message. Here it is, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, talking about Jesus, but the one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence... Can you say confidence? Confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to the help in time of need. Church, if you have Jesus in your life, you can go before our Father, the throne of grace. God sits on the throne. You can enter his courtroom that's filled with grace. So I love the prodigal son image because it's like the father to some far off and he ran to his son and he says, I have a great robe, I have a ring. Welcome home, son. Some of you need to hear this welcome home, son or daughter. Some of you have been trying to live for just trying to do the right thing. And God's just saying, I just want a relationship with you. Yes, keep pursuing Righteousness, Yes, keep trying to do the right thing, but I care more about a right relationship. And then let God work on the inner stuff, right? As you get close to him, he's going to start working on some things. That's why some people are like, Mark, you, you don't call people out a lot on their sin. I said, you know what? That's not my job. I, I, my job is to lead people close to, to, to Jesus who then they can get close to God. And I believe that God has the ability to change the heart. I believe that God has the ability to love them in such a way that they will want to just naturally want to change. Will I point them to God's word? Of course. But it's not my job to start wagging my finger at anybody because I'd have to be wagging my finger a whole lot at me. <laughs> right? Because I've been so thankful that God has been gracious with me because I've walked to the throne of grace where I can find his healing and his love, his unconditional love. All right, so today's message is don't focus on just trying to live right. Focus on a right relationship with Jesus. 
Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Music